0: Before we start today's episode, we have to address something because I wake up this morning, go to check to see if there's any news overnight, any any stories, any follow-up to the game. And the first thing I see on social media is a post from Yu Chang. And Yu Chang's post said, Exercise your freedom of speech in a right way. I accept all comments, positive or negative, but definitely not racist ones. Thank you all and love you all. Stop Asian hate. And he posts a picture of just the most vile, disgusting comments that you could possibly imagine. And it absolutely, absolutely made me sick to my stomach this morning to see that, to see that people in our baseball community are saying these types of things to someone who brings so much positivity and kindness to the baseball field that. We are so proud to wear the name of our city across his chest and represent our team and represent our city. And honest to God, Yu Chang seems like one of the nicest people uh, on this planet. And this is completely unacceptable. And I know, I know that the Cleveland Baseball Mornings community is a community of good people. And uh, we have to. We have to speak out. We have to stand up to this kind of hate. And on a day when we're dealing with so much from gun violence, police violence on our black community, on a black person in Minnesota, um, uh, gun violence in schools, uh, I think there was another story again to uh, yesterday about that. And now we have to deal with this too. And we have to talk about it. So get on your social media, uh, your Twitters and Instagrams, and if you don't have that, get on Facebook, and if you don't have that, get on LinkedIn, and if you don't have that, just talk about it around the water cooler today at work, because it's completely unacceptable, right? We, we're hard on players. Sure, we're hard on players. We were hard on Jake Bowers yesterday, right? That does not mean we hate Jake Bowers the person, In fact, if he leaves Cleveland, we wish him nothing but success. We were cheering for Tyler Naquin and his success just a few days ago. You have to remember these are people out there on that baseball field, people with families and lives and feelings and emotions, and all they want to do is give their best and represent our city, and we should give them the same. We should give them our best. So do what you have to do today you know, speak out against this hatred. Like he said, stop Asian hate. It has to stop. Cleveland is a mixing pot. Cleveland truly is a mixing pot uh, you know, of all different, of all different nationalities, of all different backgrounds, of all different religions, and that's one of the things that makes this truly this city truly great. Is that it really is a melting pot of all these different cultures coming together, and. Continue to support uh, everyone in our community. And especially today, uh, support you, Chang, support the Asian community, and speak out against this hatred. All right. Let's get into the show. Let's talk baseball. But know, know this in your heart that this show stands against hatred. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning, the final from Guaranteed Rate Field in Chicago. It's the Chicago White Sox 4, your Cleveland Indians 3. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And what a fluke ending, what a silly, ridiculous way for a baseball game to end. Honestly, my true feeling is it just felt incomplete. It felt incomplete. We were all sitting there ready to go to extra innings. We thought we got a ground ball double play. Uh, Emmanuel Classe on the mound. He gets Nick Williams to ground to chop one to first base. Chang turns to second to throw the ball to second to get the first leg of the double play. And instead, the ball glances off the back of Yasmani Grandal's head, off the back of his batting helmet, and ricochets out into left field, allowing uh, your mean Mercedes to come around and score. It is one of the most bizarre endings to a baseball game, to the point where even the White Sox players and the White Sox fans weren't exactly sure... Like, what happened, right? They weren't exactly sure. Does that count as runner's interference? Does Does this run even count? What What happens? And then they kind of realize that, yeah, they won the game. And it is it is one of the most bizarre endings I've ever seen. And Chen gets credited with the error. Uh, that's how it's scored in the book. But honest to God, I think he made the right play. People were talking about his inexperience at first base. Maybe he's never seen that before. Maybe he's never seen uh, that runner running away from him and having to throw around that runner. But, I mean, to me, it, it's the right play. He made the right play. If we turn that double play right there, we're out of that inning. And double plays have been saving us all game. And I, I maybe there's a little inexperience there. that it, I, I don't know if Carlos Santana or someone else would have – you know, taking a step to the right or left and kind of wrap that ball around the runner. Um, could uh, whoever was, I don't know, even know who was covering. I'm guessing Rosario, I'm guessing Ahmed Rosario was covering the bag. Could he have leaned out and given Chang a target away from the runner, right? Could Could this be on, uh, on him receiving the throw? So, Either way, it's just a fluke play. It's just a bizarre ending, and it hurts. It sucks that we lose a game to the White Sox like that, but that's the way it goes. They say when you go to the ballpark, when you watch a game, you are going to see something that you've never seen before, and I've never seen that before. So that's, uh, yeah, speaking of storylines, that's the storyline. That's the big storyline from this game, a game that was so tight, that was so close, that was such a battle, that was such a duel. Every inning was a fight, and uh, that's the way it goes down. That's the way it ends. Uh, Incomplete, that's how it felt. It felt like an incomplete ending, and the good news is we get to face them again today, and we get to run it back today and do it all over again. So uh, what were the other storylines going on in this game? Well, early on, it was all about the home runs, and it was also about the walks. If uh, until you mean Mercedes is single, uh, most of the runs in this game were guys that were put on base via the walk. So uh, in the uh, second inning, uh, Fermil Reyes. All right, not a walk, hit by pitch. Still, the pitcher is giving first base to the batter, whether it's a hit by pitch or a walk. Uh, that's still on the pitcher. Fermil Reyes is hit by the pitch, and then Eddie Rosario pokes a home run out into uh, left center field. And I'm serious when I say a poke. I mean, he only hit it. The exit velocity was 99.1 miles per hour. It had an expect. It went 401 feet, but because Chicago is such a big infield. The expecting batting average on that ball was only a 460 expected batting average. In fact, Cesar Hernandez's flyout in the first inning, which had an exit velocity of 97.6, which seemed like the same pitch from Dallas Keuchel, hit to the exact same location on the field. This time Robert is able to make the catch. Uh, The ball went 385 feet. That had an expected batting average of 500. So the one that goes for the home run actually has a lower expected batting average than the one that's caught out there in center field. Uh, So yeah, so they let a base runner on, and Eddie Rosario makes him pay by hitting a two-run home run. Great start to the game because Tristan McKenzie seemed really locked in at the start. In fact, he strikes out the side to start the game. He struggles a little bit more in the... uh, he threw way more pitches in the in the second inning. It felt like he does give up a single, but then gets a double play and a ground out to get out of it. All right, we're cruising. Then we get into trouble in the third inning. He walks Nick Williams to start the inning. Garcia flies out, but then he walks Mendick, and he's really struggling at this point. And then he gives up a home run to Adam Eden. This one was a this one was a home run. It had an expected batting average of eight hundred. Um, It was 104.9 mile per hour exit velocity. Yeah, he hung one for Eden, and Eden absolutely cranked. I think they said change up on the broadcast, and Eden uh, pops it out into right field and absolutely smokes it for a home run. So, yeah, he comes back, though, to strike out Robert and Abreu, though. So he does bounce back from that, which is good to see from a young starter, right? He's going to give up home runs. Bieber gives up home runs. It's going to happen. And to see him bounce back and then strike out the next two guys is pretty big. Uh, so that was the early storyline. Then we get into the sixth inning. Now, neither starter lasted long. People were surprised. They took uh, they took Tristan McKenzie out after only four innings, after only 76 pitches. They said they were trying to keep him under 90 pitches. Most people were expecting him to come out and start the fifth inning. Instead, they go to Phil Maiden. Maiden, who hasn't pitched barely at all this season, actually has a very nice inning, a very clean inning, including a strikeout. Uh, He did hit someone. He did hit Nick Williams to start the inning, but then has a nice clean inning after that. And then we get into sixth inning, and the sixth inning was the storyline of this game. I mean, come on. It was in. It was insane. It was insane that these this inning lined up the way it did for both the Indians and the White Sox. So going into the sixth inning, we are down three to two after that three home run three run home run. We're down. Obviously, we need the offense to pick up the pitching right at this point. We need him to come through. Well, Keuchel helps us out by walking, he pitched the three batters in the sixth inning, so he loads the bases. He, he walks Yu Cheng to start to lead off the inning. He gives up a single to Jordan Luplo, and then he walks Cesar Hernandez to load the bases. And then they pull him from the game. They go and get Evan Marshall out of the bullpen. Marshall comes in, bases loaded, nobody out. We're down a run, and Jose Ramirez is up. Our guy, our MVP, Jose Ramirez is up. Could you script it any better, Cleveland fans? Well, unfortunately, after a long battle, Jose Ramirez actually strikes out swinging. Uh, it, it was pretty rough. Let's go to the matchup. Let's go to the actual matchup because we could pull this up on Baseball Savant. We can look at the matchup between Evan Marshall and Jose Ramirez. And he starts them off with actually two balls a four seam fastball up. He throws him a changeup down. Ramirez is being patient. He fouls off another changeup that's away. He fouls off a curveball that was down and into him. A curveball that probably was pretty hittable, was probably in his wheelhouse to hit, one that he probably regrets, and then he throws him a high fastball on a 2-2 count, and he strikes out swinging. All right, it's okay. Bases loaded, still one out, and we've got Fermil Reyes coming up. Fermil Reyes' battle with Evan Marshall throws him a sinker way inside to start. Uh, he swings and misses at a changeup. Uh, probably a good call. He probably was not expecting a changeup on a 1-0 count. Uh, that was the pitch that he probably wanted to hit. And then throws him another sinker, a 92-mile-per-hour sinker on the inside edge. But Fermil Reyes is able to turn on it. Hits it 102.8 miles per hour, unfortunately, to dead center field. It did have an expected batting average of 580, but Robert was there. Makes the catch. It's a sack fly. Yu Chang comes in and scores to tie the game. Now you're thinking, well, there's two outs, but at least we got something out of it, right? We at least tied the game. Oh, my God. Could you imagine if this entire bases loaded thing and we didn't score a run? That would have been incredibly painful. Uh, Eddie Rosario is still up, though. We still got our big power hitter, Eddie Rosario, up. He swings at the first pitch, a changeup that, I mean, is a good six inches off the plate according to baseball savant, and uh, yeah, he lines out to end the inning, so uh, lines out to left field, so yeah, so the threat goes by, right, we tie the game, but the threat goes by, and that that hurt, that was pretty rough, so uh, that was our top of the six, bottom of the six, Cal Quantrill comes in now to pitch for the Indians, right, we thought they might do a little piggybacking, and Quantrill might get some innings in this game, well, he starts the inning by giving up a double to Luis Robert. He then walks Jose Abreu. That's right, he's coming in to face the toughest hitters in the lineup. And then he gives up a single to Joan Mancada. However, Mancada probably hit the ball too hard. Uh, Mancada, let's see where he hit the ball here. Let me go to the matchup. Uh, sometimes you can do that, sometimes you can hit a ball too hard. Uh, at an outfielder, he hits it to right field to Josh Naylor, and Robert has to stop at third, he can't uh, advance all the way, and uh, so yeah, so now the bases are loaded, nobody out for the White Sox, after the Indians just went through this, and all they were able to get was a sack fly, now Quantrill has put himself in the exact same situation, so, He's now have to not only that, he has to face your mean Mercedes, the hottest one of the hottest hitters in baseball. So, how does the battle go against your mean Mercedes? He starts him with a called strike one, throws him a sinker high and tight, a 94 mile per hour sinker called strike one. Second pitch is a sinker that's even higher, top of the zone. Mercedes fouls this one off, throws him a slider in the dirt. Okay, it's a one-two one, count now. Throws him uh, another slider away. He's able to foul it off. Fights back with another sinker inside. So now he's working outside, then coming back inside. Fouls off that sinker. Finally drops a slider at the top of the zone, in and tight, to Mercedes, the right-handed hitter. This is not where Roberto Perez set up. Roberto Perez was set up away for this slider, Quantrill misses, but he misses high and tight, a pitch you don't expect a slider to be, and drops it into the top of the zone for called strike three. Wow. Come on. Did you expect Quantrill to be able to strike out your mean Mercedes in that situation? Not with as hot as Mercedes has been swinging the bat. And, uh, yeah, Quantrill fights out his way out of that at bat. And then, yes, Monty Grandal swings at the first pitch, a first pitch changeup down and away to Grandal. And he grounds into a double play. And guess what? It's the exact same double play that Yu Chang was trying to turn in the ninth inning. He grounds to Yu Chang, throws to second. Ahmed Rosario fires it back to Quantrill at first. Double play. The Indians get out of the bases loaded situation without giving up a run. And we continue tied 3-3 into the seventh inning. And Quantrill was pumped. He was jacked up after that one. So that's, I mean, that was the game. When we talk about storylines in a baseball game, that was the storyline right there. That sixth inning uh, was absolutely huge. And nothing happens, unfortunately. Uh, we do, you know, get a little bit going in the seventh. Roberto Perez walks. Yu Chang singles, but Luplo strikes out. Uh, we get something going again in the ninth inning uh, with two outs. Josh Naylor doubles. But unfortunately, Roberto Perez strikes out. It was a little bit bizarre because it looks like he had striked out, struck out like a two pitches earlier. But they call it a foul tip that uh, that the catcher dropped. That uh, Yasmani Grandal, was he catching last night? Yeah, that Grandal dropped. So they let him stay in there. And he ends up striking out to a high fastball anyways. Uh, and then the ninth inning. The ninth inning. We get a fly out to start. Uh, but then Mercedes singles. Grandal walks, and Williams, uh, you know, in, gets that error and, and gets the run across and does what he has to do uh, for the White Sox to win the game. So, yeah, so that's that's how it went down yesterday. I mean, let's look at the box score for these two teams. And uh, Keiko is someone who's, who's pitched us tough, but we actually did okay against him. He only lasted five innings. He gave up three hits, three runs, two walks, and only two strikeouts, including that home run. He only threw 68 pitches, and they yanked him from this game. So, uh, Tony Larissa was not messing around yesterday, and they they have a good bullpen. I mean, the White Sox bullpen and the Indians bullpen is going to be a battle all season. And frankly, our bullpen did pretty good too. Our bullpen did not give up an earned run in three, four, you know, five innings, five innings of this game. Uh, McKenzie gives up the home run, but that's it. He only gave up two hits in his four innings and struck out six. McKenzie was actually pitching pretty good in this game. I, I, it seems like everybody's treating McKenzie with kid gloves, right? That, you know, he's young or he's, he's too lanky and we have to worry about injuries. Have you ever heard Tristan McKenzie in an interview say, I'm glad that Francona took me out after 76 pitches because I'm worried about injuries, you know? No, you've never heard that from McKenzie. He's, he's a positive kid who's out there trying to be aggressive, who's trying to play baseball and win baseball games. I never understood this. If he was pitching in AAA right now, he would be getting full starts. So what's the difference between major league innings and AAA innings? I, I don't know. I, I think that we're treating Tristan McKenzie a little bit too gently here, and we got to trust the kid to go out there and compete and play baseball. That's, and that's what he's here for. He's here to compete and play baseball. So let's let him do it. Uh, batting Luplo, I know. I know we all think it is absolutely ridiculous that Jordan Luplo is leading off for the Cleveland Indians. It is absolutely not traditional. But he was 2 for 4 yesterday. He's batting 278 on the season. And he's got a 1.048 OPS. So it's working? I mean, I, I can't believe it either. But it it's actually working to start the season. Now, he did leave him in there to face a right-handed pitcher, and that did not work. He struck out. But, yeah, we, we'll see. Uh, who are the Indians facing today? They're facing Giolito today. So, uh, I don't think Lupla will be starting. My guess is that the lefties will be back in there. Uh, uh, Jimenez will be back in at shortstop. Chances are that Gamel will probably be leading off and out there in center field. And chances are Jake Bowers will probably be starting at first base. So, uh, you know, it's a righty on the mound. He's going to put the lefties in the lineup. And it's going to be a hell of a game. I mean, if you didn't get a chance to tune in last night, tune in tonight. Because it is Bieber against Giolito. And this is going to not only be a battle for the Central Division, this is going to be a battle for the Cy Young Award this year. So, absolutely two of the best pitchers in baseball are going to be facing off tomorrow night. So before we get out of here, we have to name our MVP for the day. And oh boy, I mean, Eddie Rosario did have that home run. Luplo had two hits. I got to give it up though to Cal Quantrill, Cal Quantrill coming out of the bullpen. He's let's be honest. He did not have a great spring. He, uh, he has that bases loaded situation and he gets out of it and he, he somehow miraculously gets out of it facing the toughest hitters in the White Sox lineup. So Quantrill two innings pitched does give up two hits, no runs that one walk and a strikeout gets out of it. He's got a zero ERA on the season working out of the bullpen. So Cal Quantrill gets MVP for the day. It's always hard on a loss to name an MVP, but he had a really, really good battle and a really great performance yesterday out of the pen. All right. That's all my thoughts. Uh, That is everything. Um, Again, from the top of the show, you know, continue the fight uh, for social justice, you know, stand up to hate, stand up to the Asia, the hate that the Asian community is dealing with right now, uh, that the black community is dealing right now, that the immigrant community is dealing with right now, stand up to this hate, right? Fight back, please. It's not something we talk about often. We stick to baseball on the show, but on days like this. You've given me a voice, and I'm going to use it. And I hope you use your voice too in whatever community you're in to stand up against hate. All right, the final yesterday from Chicago. Again, it's the White Sox 4, the Indians 3. We will be back tomorrow to talk Bieber versus Giolito. And I'm guessing it's going to be a low-scoring game. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at Mornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor. So if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.